Welcome. Welcome to Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, show number 13, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we'll be talking to women business owners and to understand their journey. And today, I'm, I'm very excited to talk to Erin owens Mayhu. Hi, Erin. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks you for having me today. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm really excited about this. So <laughs> let me just read your bio so everybody knows a little bit about you and then we'll dig in. So Erin is a registered dietitian and an ultralight long distance backpacker with over 20 years of experience as a hiker and a nutrition expert. In 2017, she quit her job, began to prepare for her first through hike. And during the process, she realized how unique, uniquely qualified she was to plan and prepare meals for outdoor adventures. She found back, founded Backcountry Foodie, an online ultralight recipe and meal planning platform for backpackers that same year. And since then, she's dedicated her career to helping thousands of hikers enjoy delicious food and improve their performance in the backcountry. There. So that's, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> yes. So that's exciting. And long distance hiking and quality food do not usually go in the same sentence yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's been my mission to change that. <laughs> and that's fantastic. So let's, let's, um, let's take a step back and um, give everybody an understanding of where you've been and how, what your, what your business progression, what were you, you were um, doing beforehand and what made you um, do what crazy things other than hikers think is quit your job and, and go on a hike. <laughs> Um, well, going all the way back in 2016, uh, um, I guess I had been a pediatric dietitian for almost 16 years, I guess, at that time, um, spe specifically just children with special health care needs. So I was very niche down in the uh, field of nutrition that I was really passionate about. I love my job. Um, but with time, just the hospital setting itself had changed. Um, it was more about, I hate saying this about hospitals, but that's the nature of medicine now, it was more about bringing in revenue, more about numbers and those kinds of things. And it just wasn't as much about caring for the patients, mm -hmm. which is where my passion was. So, and it got to where the staff had grown to over 60 dietitians. So it was just one of those things where I wasn't able to take the time off that I wanted to, and just all those kind of things that had nothing to do with my career choice. Um, so I just got to a point where I was like, I need a break. <laughs> you know, I'm not happy anymore. I was commuting two hours each way to work. Um, so I decided to up and quit. It was nerve wracking to do it. Needless to say, I was turning 40. So you don't normally quit your job of however many years. And <laughs> when you turn 40, you should be saving for your 401k. Right. Um, so I up and quit and it was the best decision I could have ever made. Um, so as you were saying during my bio that I started preparing for my trip, the through hike of the Pacific Crest Trail, um, I had been a backpacker for years, but I'd never gone more than three to five days at a time. So I could pull a mountain house off the shelf or I could just pull some oatmeal packets, you know, those kinds of things. So I could get away with those things, but being a dietitian, I knew I wasn't going to eat that for six months. That just wasn't going to be an option. One, I couldn't financially afford to pay that much for commercial foods. Two, the packages are huge. Um, three, the sodium content. I was just like one thing after another, I started thinking more and more about it. I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> um, and at the time too, I'd been a long distance runner, a trail runner, and knew that having enough energy and calories was going to be a big deal for me because I didn't have 30 pounds to lose like some of the through hikers can over time. Um, and that was a big concern of mine that being a dietitian, 
like, I can't go home because I lost too much weight. That's just not, not an option as a dietitian. That's something I know how to take care of. Um, so long story short, I ended up playing around with food. Um, and once I got back, people loved the idea of my food so much that I wrote a cookbook. Uh -huh. um, and the cookbook went over pretty well, although cookbooks aren't going to pay the bills. So I had to come up with what the next plan was. Um, and then that's what has since transitioned into the current website which like you mentioned, the bio is an online platform where I have uploaded all my recipes that I've done over the last, I don't know, five or six years. Um, and I do a new recipe every single month. There's meal planning tools on there. So I've written tons and tons of meal plans that people can use as samples. Um, it creates a shopping list for you. Essentially, I've done all the hard work for you in the meal planning so that you just go in, drag and drop what you want to eat. And it tells you like how many calories, how much protein, how much water. It tells you everything for you. That's fantastic. Um, so I've taken what my knowledge as a dietitian and trying to simplify it as much as possible so that people can eat a little bit healthier um, because it's a lot of work to meal plan when you have to do it all by hand. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. And I'll have to say, I'm insanely jealous. I'm a, a wannabe long distance uh, backpacker. The AT is on my list for cross your fingers, 2025, oh, nice. I hope. Yeah. So that's the plan. So being able to, um, and I don't know if people realize what a commitment that is too. So you're, you're really unplugging for five or six months. Right. And there, there is some interaction. you you do hit town every once in a while. It's a little bit different on the PCT than it is the AT, but what's always amazed me too. And one, one of the things that you said is that you know, you didn't have the weight to lose, but what's interesting is the difference between men and women mm -hmm. and the weight loss between men and women on the trail. Wouldn't you believe? Oh, absolutely. Um, women tend to get stronger and men mm -hmm. tend to get really lean from what yeah. I've noticed. Well, actually, men really get really, lean. really thin and then yeah. women like get, they get, they're not ripped, but they're strong. So yeah. and um, it's interesting. And I don't know that I would call it really lean. They get really scrawny. Okay. Uh, emaciated is maybe <laughs> yeah. the better word. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, the difference in body types between right. men and women in the same activity. And so the, the traditional, um, long distance backpacker isn't somebody like you that comes with a trail running background. It is quite often people that they've, maybe they've spent one night on the trail, but they get this bug in their head that they just need to need to hit the woods for a long time and they're successful, but they don't have even have a backpacking or a, a physical background before it happens. So they're building their trail legs in the first, you know, first month. So not even thinking about the nutrition that it takes to be honestly, to be an athlete. Right. And so was that transition, was it, what was it different for you? It had to have been different for you with your, your dietary knowledge and in prepping for that for yourself. Right. I think, like I was saying, because I was already in that mindset of, I knew nutrition was going to be very important and I had that background. Um, so that's part of why I do what I do now, because I know that doesn't come as naturally to other people and you don't have the time to do all the planning. Um, so that's why I teach master classes now too. Um, so I have master classes where I teach the backpacking food 101 for folks that are just brand new to backpacking, just getting into food. And then the next class I have is a don't just eat, eat well. So I teach all about what to eat before, during, and after hiking. And then the next class is kind of the next level is when you're really ready to dive in. I teach the ultralight part of it. 
as mm -hmm. now you know how to eat, you're eating well, but now how do you cut back the food weight? So oh wow, yeah, that's part of that's part of my new thing that I'm doing with the classes is that I get to educate people based on mm -hmm. a lot of that's on my own experience in the last five years too, with all the mm -hmm. experimenting that I've been doing. So and it's really an underserved area for backpacking prep. Mm -hmm. I think too, a lot of people are there, they're, you know, when you're planning, you're getting the best gear, you're throw, you're spending hours in front of YouTube, looking at videos and <laughs> well, actually this is me right now. Okay. So I, this is what I do. You know, you're watching right. videos all the time and that's all you do is watch hiking videos and you're making, you know, dialing your gear in and, and thinking ultralight and checking grams and then food comes along and people are planning by what's in the dollar general or the gas right. station. And actually that's my next class that I'm working on. <laughs> that, oh, really? Yeah. I'm working on a, how to resupply in town class so that mm -hmm. for the folks that don't have the time or to prep five months worth of food in advance, or there's always the fear too, of I'm going to get sick of eating that same packet of oatmeal four mm -hmm. months in, and I've already made all the food is that actually, I've got a whole stack of 36 recipes next to me. Actually, I printed them out yesterday. <laughs> I'm oh, working on how to meal plan going to the Dollar General, how to meal plan going to Walmart or just a standard grocery store so that you can actually make good decisions along the way rather than having to do all that planning up front. So that is in the works for the spring. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into that too because I want to talk about all of the programs that you have in depth and, and let people understand about that. But how do you think, did your mindset change once you hit the trail from being at a regular job? My once mindset you about working hiking or, your, or just, just in general, how did you feel? Did you feel differently once you, once you started to get a routine and in the woods and, or actually through the desert in the beginning, but um, did it change your mindset just being outside for so long? Generally speaking, being outside is my place of serenity, whether mm -hmm. it's a couple hours, a days or months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I rely on it just generally speaking on a regular weekly basis. So for me going on my long distance, part of the reasons why I do love long distance hiking is it's my time to check out. Um, mm -hmm. I try to do the best I can to stay on Instagram and interact with people, but it's honestly, I enjoy the silence. I enjoy the being isolated. I enjoy just being out there, turning off the YouTube, turning off the emails, turning off, you know, your phone ringing, all those kinds of things that for me, it's a life-changing experience being out there. And that's why I love it as much as I do. What does it, in what way, how does it change? How does it actually change you to clear your head? What does it do for you? Do you think? Um, it lets me turn off, to be honest. I just, mm -hmm. I'm able to turn off everything. Um, I'm able to sleep better, <laughs> to be mm -hmm. honest. Most mm -hmm. people don't say they don't sleep very well, but I sleep like a rock when I'm hiking. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I'm actually able to tune out, everything just stays at home and I'm there to be in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm there to enjoy the moose, the deer, you know, all the things that I'm not listening to cars, I'm not listening to dogs barking. Um, it's just my place of peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's for me, it's necessary as well. And I can tell when I haven't been outside enough, yeah, right? So sure. just the, just the opposite of what you said. So did you have an aha moment on the trail at any point to say, you know what, I need to start to figure out how to help other people plan their meals? Um, the funny part, it happened early on. Oh, really? Like, yeah. It happened, happened almost immediately. It's kind of funny. Um, because at the time I had been, I wasn't on Instagram. I didn't know what Instagram was. So mm -hmm. I had nutrition interns that rotated through when I was at the hospital that were, were helping me. They're like, you really need to start an Instagram account. I'm like, okay, 
you're young enough, you teach me how to do this thing. I don't know how to do this thing. Um, but it ended up working out really well because within the first a few weeks on the trail, I was getting messages from folks saying like, where's your, where are you? I want to get the food out of the hiker box that you're leaving. Um, mm -hmm. I'm super excited about trying this. Um, I even had a guy I met up with, um, I forget which resupply spot it was, but he was like, I need you to help me. So we dumped out all of his food out on a table. Um, we looked at some things. It's like, well, how about trying this, do a little bit of that, you know, let's do some of these kinds of things. So it was within the first few weeks that people were like, you really need to like help people. This is something you're good at. You're obviously mm -hmm. passionate about it. Um, so it happened early on. So, and it's just been the same way ever since. And now I just, I'm super passionate. I love it. I don't know what I'm going to do else. <laughs> otherwise, if back country foodie doesn't work for some reason, you know, the, the saying that the trail provides mm -hmm. and there you are, the trail, the trail really provided a career opportunity for you that you might not have envisioned. I never would have. Right never would have considered it ever. And I actually have essentially made it up. I mean, it's not something mm -hmm. that I'm actually teaching other dietitians too, that are coming to me now that they're mm -hmm. like, you know, like we didn't learn about this in school. I'm like, no, we didn't, we should have. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I have other dietitians around the country that are coming to me and I'm coaching them on how to help other backpackers um, and starting businesses and those kinds of things. So wow, that's fantastic. it's been outside of just hikers. It's actually helping other professionals in my same career field. That's amazing. We could probably go on this really, really long tangent about the medical industry and, and, and the quality of food and the knowledge there, but we're going to, we're not going to take that. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> and let's stay on, we'll stay on track, but uh, so understanding that you, you, so that means that you really had how, so how long did it take you to do the PCT first, first of all? Unfortunately, I get injured early on. Um, I only made it to Wrightwood, which I think is 385 miles. Mm -hmm. um, I injured, it's such a silly, it's actually how I got my trail name. Most people don't know my trail name, it's Sling. Um, I ended up injuring my shoulder and I got the name, trail name Sling because I used my tent footprint to wrap my shoulder into a sling. I used a sling. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's where that came from. So unfortunately I was only on it for 385 miles, but I had obviously quit my job, had five months worth of food. So I was like, I can't quit now. I've got to figure something out. So I went home and rehabbed and then jumped on the Appalachian Trail um, mm -hmm. later in June and then did 500 miles there and then shredded my quad and mm. had to go home early. But it was still, I was really awesome year. I was able to do both parts of both trails. That's fantastic. Which part of the AT did you do? So I jumped, and this is partly, I think why I got injured is I jumped on right at Harper's Ferry, mm -hmm. right as the bubble got there. Mm -hmm. So those guys had all been hiking from Georgia and were in shape and were, you know, busting out the miles, were trail legs yeah. were good. And then I jumped on having hiked relatively flat terrain in the PCT to mm -hmm. climbing rocks on the mm -hmm. AT, mm -hmm. um, completely different muscle use. <laughs> so I think that's what led to, I had found this really amazing um, trail family that I love. So I wanted to keep up and I just pushed myself too hard too soon. Um, that's hard. That's so, hard. The, you know, the hike your own hike story and how true it is and, you know, trying to keep up and that's, I can understand how that can be, that can be a challenge, but you know, what's interesting though, is when you use the word only in 500 miles in the same sentence. I know, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there is zero failure there right. because that's 500 miles is, is, is serious, is serious to begin with. Right. So, so when, when you finished, when did you um, come off of the AT? So I came off the AT, I want to say the early July, I was there right at about a month. I was on there about a month. 
um, and ended up coming off of there. And then I ended up doing the, or every year just about have done something. So then I, the following year I came and did the Oregon coast trail and mm-hmm. successfully finished that because I took my time. I was by myself. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was successful. So I did that the following year. And that's when I made the cookbook was in 2018. And how many miles is the Oregon trail? Um, 485, I believe it's 400 ish, something mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's great. And so what have you done? So we're, we're talking hiking resumes. What have you hiked since then? Or what have you done since then? So then, so more of my injury stories. Then the following year, I tried the Wonderland Trail, got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So then the summer of 2021, I did the Colorado Trail. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I only did 300 miles <laughs> out of the, that was 485. I got sick, um, really? which was really unusual, like with a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed injury free. I mean, my food was all these things were all working out, but I just got a cold and ended up having to go. I ended up in the emergency room. Actually, I got so sick. Oh, um, wow. So I was dehydrated. I was just miserable. So I ended up getting off hundred miles short of finishing, mm-hmm. but it was a good experience too. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. The Colorado trail is very different, very different than the others. And there's, yeah. there's a ton of road walking on the Colorado trail too, in comparison to the other trails as well. Right. Um, I didn't or experience did you, a whole lot of road walking. No. Uh-uh. The oh, okay. Oregon coast trail is very much so. I didn't enjoy the Oregon coast at all mm-hmm. uh, because there was so much road walking. The Colorado trail, it was more my new experience with storm anxiety. That was brand new. I'd never experienced that before. Yeah. Being above tree line mm-hmm. during this, during the weather that happens in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. So, so going back to when you came off the AT and you really started to delve into the business, what was that transition like, or how did that work for you? There was a steep learning curve because again, I went from being a clinical dietitian in the hospital to now I need to learn how to do marketing. I need to learn how to do a website. I need to learn all these things. So it was fairly slow. It was really overwhelming, to be honest, at the very beginning because I didn't have all those skills. Um, so I, to be honest, I struggled for a while because mm-hmm. I had to learn all those things. Um, so Which is normal for anybody right. starting a business. Right. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm a very much type A personality go-getter. Like I like to do things. I like to be successful. So I really struggled. Um, and then the following year, my husband hit the same point that I did in my job mm-hmm. and he has all those skills that I didn't have. So he ended up joining Backcountry Foodie in, let's see, I'm kind of thinking timeline. That was March of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually came on full-time and then I was back to being a dietitian full-time for foodie. Um, so it worked out really, really well. Mm-hmm. So we did that for two and a half years with him taking on the business part of things. That's fantastic. And so in the very beginning, was it, um, recipe driven or really, or were you putting more meal plans and meeting with people? And how did you, how did you do that? How did you find people? So originally it was the recipes doing the, mm-hmm. um, cookbook part. And once I did the cookbook, um, I wanted to do more coaching because I knew that like, I enjoy teaching people. I enjoy helping and that kind of thing. So I tried to do nutrition coaching. Mm-hmm. But at the time, again, this is before I knew the know, like, and trust how to build your customer base. And mm-hmm. I was trying to re- reach people, but I didn't know how to reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, so people didn't know who I was yet. They didn't know my skills. So the coaching business part of it wasn't very successful just because I didn't know how to run a business yet. So that's when I backtracked to the, okay, I need to do more social media. I need to get out there and show what I know how to do. I need to share my recipes. I need to do all those kinds of things first. So I kind of backtracked to that and then have since built myself back up to now I'm more of a coach than I was initially. That's fantastic. And so part of that process 
Um, can you tell me what you just said again? So no. Oh, to know, like, and trust. Yes. You want your customers to know who you are. They want you to like what you do and you want them to trust you. And it takes a lot to build that. So there's. How do you do that? So what are the, are there major components that go into putting that together? So my strategies have been social media. So mm -hmm. getting people to I essentially use Instagram. I call it my um, business card, I guess you could say, is that it's just kind of showing here's my face. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I have to share. I do some teaching um, email newsletters. I do a lot of teaching in the email newsletters. So people kind of get to know what I have to offer, what I like to do. I do a lot of these interviews because I love to talk about nutrition. <laughs> so I do a lot of podcast interviews um, because I love it. So people get to know, they hear me, like my passion about food. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to do YouTube videos is another one. We get a lot of referrals from people watching our YouTube videos. Um, so just with time and exposure, I think we've, I've really built the trust in people. That's fantastic. And so when you're out, so let's talk a little bit about what, how, where you were, how you met people. And because you were, you were out in the woods talking to people quite a bit too, right? A little bit of van life going on. Oh, the van life part. Um, so that was definitely actually more isolated. We didn't meet many people because a lot of it was during COVID. Oh, <laughs> so yes, yes. we were prime time COVID. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, we were actually isolated quite a bit of the time. So we didn't see many people when we we're out in the wilderness. And mm -hmm. to be honest, because I love being out in the wilderness and isolated so much, van life was amazing. So mm -hmm. Being able to wake up, have coffee, go out for a hike in the morning, come back and work all day long, or if I just needed a brain break is what I call them in the afternoon, about two o'clock, I just need to take a time out and go for a walk. Um, it was amazing being able to have that ability to do that. Um, so we've since moved into a house, which I have four walls now. <laughs> I haven't had four walls in over two and a half years. Um, which can be a little claustrophobic. I'm feeling claustrophobic, to be honest. <laughs> so we're in a significantly larger house than our 60 square foot van, but I feel claustrophobic. So, um, so yeah, so when we were in the van, there wasn't actually a lot of interaction with people. It's been more uh, virtual kinds of interaction, to be honest with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so wh where, so when you were, let's talk a little bit about van life because van life is, it's a hot thing right now on YouTube, right? What was that like for you other than just having your living room? So you say that your, your house is bigger than your van, but honestly, your living room for your van was really huge because it was the outdoors. Right. Right. Um, right. So, so were uh, you in mostly in one area or did you, um, did you move around? We traveled um, probably every three to five days. So mm -hmm. we were on the move all the time. Uh, we traveled with the weather. So during the summer months, we would be in the Pacific Northwest where it's nice and sunny and moderate temperature. Then during the winter, we'd be in the Southwest um, primarily. Um, we did do a full circle of the United States, I think total miles. I think we did about 70,000 miles in wow. two and a half years. Um, so we first started, we lived in Seattle. So we went from Seattle, went down to Florida to visit our family. Then we did the whole Appalachian Trail up to, um, not quite to Maine, we went up to the Adirondacks um, in New York. Mm -hmm. Then we cut across and then we did a bunch of circles this way around <laughs> um, on the West Coast the rest of the time. But yeah, typically the longest we ever stayed in one spot, I would say was 14 days, mm -hmm. um, but otherwise because we'd run out of water. So that would usually be our reason for going into town. Um, but otherwise, we spent most of the time in the National Forest, BLM land, um, a few campgrounds when we wanted a real hot shower, because <laughs> so, we didn't have a shower in our van. <laughs> um, but yeah, we never really spent time in the van in town. Like you'll see mm -hmm. a lot of YouTubers that are at the beach, you know, and camping in town and those kinds of things. So 
That's yeah. fantastic. It was That's pretty amazing. Such a, such a great experience that so many people don't even have an opportunity to do. So I commend you for that. And you are you, do you still have your van? Absolutely. Yes. We were, <laughs> we're not ready to give it up. Um, so actually, so now you're going to be sitting in your driveway in the van, <laughs> no, right? right? To feel better. <laughs> right. So we've actually done a pretty good job of getting out on the weekends. Um, so we've been here in our home since October 1st, and we've been to Yosemite twice already. We've been to Mammoth Lakes once. Um, we went to Joshua Tree actually last weekend. So mm -hmm. we're still getting out within, if it's a four to six hour drive, we're getting out on the weekends and then still sleeping in it. So that's fantastic. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the business. And mm -hmm. so um, what services are you offering now? And how has that changed from the beginning? And where do you see that going? So current services, we offer the website, which is the membership platform. Um, like I was mentioning, all of my original recipes that were in the cookbook are now on the website. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's an interactive. Think of like allrecipes.com to where you can go in and you can click and change serving sizes. It switches from U.S. measurements to metrics. So we have customers in over 20 countries right now. Um, so folks from around the world can use their own measurements. Um, and it saves things to like a favorites list. So you can go back and refer to like your own little personal cookbook. Wow. Um, and then the meal plans where it's just a drag and drop meal plans. So you can plan it for as many days as you want, as few days as you want. Um, it makes a shopping list based on whichever meals you want to take for your trip. So you can go to the grocery store on your phone and it tells you exactly you need like one pound of carrots or whatever it is that you need. Um, so that's the site itself. And a part of that um, are the master classes that I teach twice a month. Um, mm -hmm. We are now bringing in guest speakers that are other dietitians that I'm super excited about. Um, oh, that's fantastic. So they are teaching classes on things I don't have experience in. Mm -hmm. um, I get a lot of questions about how to eat better before the trip even starts, um, like how to train and those kinds of things. And that's not my specialty. I actually eat better when I'm hiking <laughs> than I do at home, to be honest. Um, so I have someone teaching a class January 9th, actually, on um, bomb proofing like a nutrition plan for the new year, like getting yourself ready to go for the AT and the PCT. Um, then I have another dietitian coming in doing a, a talk on bariatric um, nutrition for backpackers. Oh, wow. Because there's a lot of people that have, they've done the work, they've lost the weight, they're ready to hike, but now they have a completely different nutrition needs than they did before. So there's a lot of resources that are lacking there. So we're teaching that. Um, I have another dietitian coming in probably in the spring to talk about diabetes and backpacking. Mm. So I'm super excited about that one too. Um, so those are the big things that are coming up. And then we're ultimately are going to have more coaching staff too. So those people that want more one-on-one, -on -one, these dietitians that are teaching the master classes are also going to teach one-on-one, -on -one, um, coaching. So, oh, that's fantastic. We're moving to, we're not there yet, but we're hopefully going to be there probably next summer having the that's, coaching staff. That's, that's amazing. And so what do you, what are some of the common questions that that people are asking about initially? What, 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 do you, what do you hear from people mostly? Oh, a wide variety of things. It kind of depends on where they are in their hiking journey, I guess you could say. Um, so brand new hikers are, I know I read all that you're talking about, reading all the blogs and the YouTube videos about hot talk, um, honey buns and pop tarts and all those things. I don't want to eat like that. Like, how do I eat like normal food? So I was like, that's easy. We could do that. <laughs> so I do a lot of teaching of how just to take your normal diet and then converting it into a dried form. Um, mm. for something like example, like if you eat cold cereal for breakfast every morning, you can eat cold cereal in the backcountry. 
just take raisin bran, some milk powder and throw some pecans or something extra in it for more nutrition. It's the same breakfast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of that teaching. Um, I get a lot of questions about how many calories should I eat, which is probably the hardest thing to determine. So I teach Mm -hmm. a lot about looking into every trip should be different because like the PCT climbing up to Mount Whitney is very different from doing the Oregon Coast Trail and walking on the beach. So I do a lot of teaching of thinking about the trip itself and not just that the golden rule of two pounds worth of food. Um, mm-hmm. so I talk a lot about that. Uh, there's a lot of questions about how to use a dehydrator, how to vacuum mm-hmm. seal foods, the shelf life stability of food. So we get a lot of those kinds of questions too. Yeah, this is such a, such an important area because there's so many people, even, I don't know if we're really post COVID, but we'll call it post COVID, right? More people, <laughs> more people are outside mm-hmm. and more people are thinking about this. So the timing of what you're doing is perfect. Right. And, and also just there's such a need for what, for what you're doing. And, and I like the example that you're talking about for breakfast, because I think for a lot of people, they think that it's very, it's either you eat like junk or the Mm -hmm. thought of eating good is too hard. So I'm just going to eat like junk. And so what you're saying too, is how do you simplify it and not make it so overwhelming? Well, and that's what I've transitioned to with time as the majority of my recipes. Now I call them grocery friendly is that there's mm. things that you can either already have at home in your pantry, or you can go to the grocery store and pick out. You're not having to buy some, all these crazy powders and freeze-dried this or that, and that kind of thing that, I mean, one of my favorite recipes that our customer favorites is my sun-dried tomato pesto pasta. It's just noodles, sun-dried tomatoes that you can buy at the store. It's got mm-hmm. some herbs and garlic and a little bit of salt and some Parmesan cheese. Super easy. <laughs> and it's normal food that you would have like at a regular dinner at home. So and the similar thing, like the breakfast, having that. Um, one of my other favorites is yogurt. So mm-hmm. folks don't realize that there's the um, baby food aisle has yogurt, freeze-dried yogurt melts, add water and it's regular yogurt. That's all you have to do. <laughs> wow. And I love eating yogurt for breakfast at home. So mm-hmm. I do those. I smash them up, add a little bit of water, put a little bit of granola in it, maybe some berries. And then you have a regular yogurt parfait that you would have at home. That's amazing. And and now we're talking about quality quality calories and, right. and, and quality food intake versus honey buns. <laughs> right. So then you get that honey bun. And I, I say that too, is like, if a honey bun's going to make you happy, food needs to make you happy too. So mm-hmm. you need to look yeah. forward to, but at the same time, you're going to get that sugar high and then you're going to crash. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to think about kind of the quality of those calories. Like you just a lot, a lot of the conversations for a lot of people are just calorie numbers. Well, how many calories right. a day do I need to need to consume in order to hike 20 miles a day again and again and again, but it's not just calories. It's what, how do those calories break down into categories Right, and And making sure you're, you're including the protein and et cetera. Right. And that's what I teach in a lot of the classes too, is knowing that simple carbs, there's a place for simple carbs, like those sugary foods. Then there's a place for Mm -hmm. complex carbs that are going to keep your blood sugar more even keel. And then there's the place for protein. Like you really need to make sure you have some protein at night for dinner to help you recover, especially when you're in middle age, like me, I don't recover as well as I used to. And I've noticed it in the last couple of years. So um, I really pay more attention to things than I used to. So, so I have a question and, and let's talk about leave no trace for a second, because I think that what you're doing is it can impact that greatly. Do you agree? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, so for, so let's talk. So for people that aren't aware, um, LNT or leave no trace, so you want to give a little bit of a background on what that is. And let's talk about how 
what you're the really the importance of what you're teaching people and how that's going to affect that. Well, and I, this is something I've transitioned with time too. For me, leave no trace is leaving the woods as natural as possible. So not making leaving my mark in any way that I can. And when I was first on the PCT, I used a lot of plastic. Mm -hmm. uh, backpacking food creates a lot of plastic waste, unfortunately, or even the Mylar bags and those kinds of things. And when I got back from that trip in the AT, I went through 450 plastic bags. What? Oh, yes. And yeah. so you're talking about Ziploc bags. The Ziploc baggies that yes. I was eating out of. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is not okay. Like 450? <laughs> 450. As, so wow. I was like, and this was just me. I was like, can you imagine like how many other hikers are out there every year and multiply that year after year? I was like, I need to do something different. Um, so I've since transitioned to compostable bags. Um, so for me, and I prefer using freezer bag style cooking, mm -hmm. which is adding water into the bag, eating out of your bag, um, rather than cooking in the pot, because I still, you're, you can clean as best as you can, but there's usually still something left over in the pot. Right. And I just don't like dumping that into the woods because that's leaving something there that wasn't there originally. Um, and that's, you're having soap or any of those other kinds of things that aren't naturally in the woods. So I really prefer to eat out of my bag, but I've transitioned to compostable bags that I now can feel better about. It's still creating waste, but at least I can put it in the compost when I get home and know that I'm not leaving that amount of plastic there. And then my pot always only has water in it. So I know I'm not leaving soap residue or food particles and those wow, kinds of things. Wow, that's phenomenal. So you're not, so. yeah, so you're not cooking. So, so for people that might not be aware, the, the way that the plastic bags or the Ziploc bags come into place is it, it's a convenient um, portion, portioner for food, either that or you're buying freeze-dried food off the shelf and you're using that bag, but that bag also still produces, produces waste. But that's that's phenomenal. You know, I I don't I don't know that I really thought about the cleaning of the pot piece. But that's also very true too. That's really right. interesting. And for me, because I work so hard on eating this really amazing tasting food that it's cleaning out your pot and drinking because I drink the gray water because I try to leave as little bit left over as possible is it totally ruins the taste of your dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> I just had this amazing meal and now I have to like rinse it out and drink the leftovers, you know? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my uh, drive to there's a hiker trash moment. <laughs> right. So just like, oh, that was an amazing dinner, but ugh. <laughs> you know. So so tell me a little bit about the compostable bags. Um, what are so what are they? Or how are they, where do you find them? So I'm using, I'm trail testing with two companies right now. Um, Tech Pack Solutions is a company out of Canada that sells them and Elevate Packaging is a company in um, the United States that sells them. So um, they offer two different kinds of bags. The outer, they're, um, they call them craft bags. They're kind of like um, paper bags, essentially, mm -hmm. but they almost have like a corn lining. Um, mm -hmm. So you can still put hot water and cold water in them and eat out of them. Um, you oh, can't wow. store liquids in them for extended periods of time, but you can use them as like for backpacking meals. They're totally fine. Um, so I've been experimenting with those to see. So you can order them online. Unfortunately, right now you only can order them by the hundreds. So that's <laughs> not, they're through hiker friendly, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but it's not as realistic for other folks that don't necessarily eat that kind of volume of food every year. Um, so hopefully that's something that might change with time that mm -hmm. consumer, excuse me, and these manufacturers might offer them in smaller quantities, but so far. And it's, so they work well with hot water too. They work so well with hot water, water too. 
Yep. So you don't have to just cold soak in them. You can hot water. Yep. And the ones that I don't cook in that I put like my snack mix in or any other kinds of bars, those kinds of things, I actually will take those home and use those again the next time. So that's as long as I haven't cooked in them, I do reuse them again. Oh, that's fantastic. And so can you cold soak them? And will they hold it for any length of time or does it have to be just a put it in, let it soak and eat and do its thing and then eat and consume? Um, they would probably work well for cold soak. The problem that the ones I've been using are too small, actually. That's oh, okay. I ordered because I ordered tiny ones thinking like, I'm just going to get as little amount of waste as possible, but the food expanded. So oh. actually, so they're not big enough. Um, so actually my cold soak meals have been in my little 20 jar is what I take now. Um, mm -hmm. the little ice cream jar. So yep. I put them in that just because the current bags I have aren't big enough for that, but you could, if you had large enough bags. Oh, that's, that's very cool. And so, so where do we, your business model is moving more towards coaching? Yes. And so where do you see yourself over the next couple, next two or three, four, five years? That's a good question. Um, I just see, I'm just trying to fill the need. So whenever mm -hmm. someone comes to me and says they have a need for X, then I try to find a way to fix, fill that. So that's where kind of the next step is, is the filling the coaching part. I'm hoping is going to be the next part. I think we've pretty well maxed out the website itself, we're actually adding, mm -hmm. well, we're actually adding a few things. We're adding um, a calorie calculator based on the science because the calorie calculators currently online only estimate calories. I'm going to get a little nutrition nerdy here. I'll go right ahead. <laughs> I've got to fix my, you nerd out and I'm going to okay. fix my life. I'm going to get a little nerdy. <laughs> Please. Um, the current calculators that are online um, are misleading because they tell you how many calories you burn while you're actively hiking. Mm -hmm. They don't tell me how many calories you need in an entire day. So, and that's called your basal metabolic rate is how many calories you need just to be sitting still like we are right now, just to mm -hmm. breathe and your heart and those kinds of things. So unfortunately, I think people rely on the calculators that are online and then under eat significantly because of that. Oh, so yeah. We actually hired a um, computer programmer starting in January is going to build it for us to where, and actually we're super excited. We're hoping guy is going to work with us too. Guy GPS. Oh, um, wow. Is that you can put in your hike that you're doing and then it's going to take that data and dump it into the calculator and tell you exactly what you need because it wow. knows your elevation of change. It knows how many miles you're going to do. Mm -hmm. It knows the percent grade. Um, so that I'm super excited about. That's <laughs> so huge. That's a that's huge project. Really exciting. Yeah. yeah. So we're working with Gaia to kind of integrate those two things. Um, and then the other calculator we're going to do, I get a lot of questions about is a stove fuel calculator. Mm -hmm. So the meal plans tell you how much water you need. So at the end, it's going to now tell you, well, you know, you need to heat up this much water. Here's how much stove fuel you need to pack. Because wow. I know I've carried canisters being afraid that I'm going to run out and mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily need to. So we're hoping that little bit of information is also going to help people plan a little bit easier, especially ultralight backers mm -hmm. that want to take as little as possible. Um, so those are the two big projects coming up. And then the rest are like doing more classes and more coaching and those kinds of things. Wow, that's amazing. And hooking up with Gaia, that's just... Yeah, I'm super excited. So yeah. hopefully we can make that's the two connect. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> And that's also going to not just the not just the long. That's going to help get you the the um, you know the section hikers too, right? The couple of dayers or the this weekend the lashers or whatever. Yeah, right. totally. That's that's amazing. So um, let's talk about gear a little bit. Okay. What's your big three? Um, 
<laughs> this has been funny because I did a gearless video on YouTube and I got comments back saying that I was a retro hiker oh. because all my gear is so old. <laughs> but I love it. It's like I don't like bell bottoms. It. It'll come back. <laughs> right. It's like I love my gear. It works for me. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel the need to buy new stuff. <laughs> so, That's fantastic. Um, so sure. And I've looked into getting a lighter backpack, a smaller backpack, but I just mm -hmm. love mine so much. I have the Osprey Exos. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a 58 liter. I've taken the lid off and it's way too big. I don't need the space anymore because I've cut back on all my things, but it fits me so well mm -hmm. that I never get a hot spot. Like the pockets are perfect where I want them and all the new packs just don't have all the features that I want. So mm -hmm. I'm actually, I need to send it to Osprey and have them mend it for me because there's quite a few holes in it because <laughs> it's so well, well loved. loved. And well worn. <laughs> it's well loved. And it, it has a little, a nice little odor to it. So. <laughs> It's personalized. it's personalized. It's not an order. It's personalized. <laughs> um, and then my tent. You actually, can find it in the woods if you get separated from it. Right. right. <laughs> well, there's been times after my long trips that I put it in the bathtub and I'm like, holy oh. moly, that was gross. <laughs> Um, I do need a new tent because this, this last trip in Colorado, it is definitely dry rotted. Um, mm -hmm. I had the um, Big Agnes Fly Creek, H, mm -hmm. the ultra, the high volume one. I love it too. It's way too big. I don't need that much space, but when you're on a rainy day, like it's just so nice There's to have so that much room. room. Yeah. To my tent, my have a, yeah. I bet my tent is too big as well, but I like to be, you can put all your stuff there and you're, yeah. you're sitting up and you're have plenty of room to. Right. So I have a hard stuff. time downsizing that, but it is dry rotted. So I've, I definitely have to get a new tent this next season. Mm -hmm. um, and then sleeping bag wise, I love my um, enlightened equipment quilt. Mm -hmm. So that is another big one. And my sleep pad, sleeping is very important for me. So my sleeping pad, I have the XPED winter light, which is another mm -hmm. heavy item, mm -hmm. uh, but I sleep so well that it's worth the wait that I will leave something else at home so I can sleep really well. So yeah, the sleeping is important and not being freezing cold too. I, yeah. I upgraded to the alignment equipment quilt as well. And wow, yeah. <laughs> it's like sleeping <laughs> under a cloud. That's really, really warm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I made sure that I put a, lot, a good R value underneath. I've got the mm -hmm. X therm. And so that makes a difference too. So now I've, it's, it's comfortable and not cold. So yep. as you know, here, um, even in the Sierras in the summertime, it does get cold. Oh, yes, at, at for sure. Too. So right. yeah, no, that's fantastic. So let's see. So what else? Um, any big hikes in your future? Um, not right now, because I need to, I've got so much going on with the business yeah, this year. Business, the, yeah. the business, we've got a lot of stuff we're building this year. So, and also we just moved here. So we're kind of mm -hmm. excited just to check out the area. Um, mm -hmm. we had no idea that the California coast was so pretty, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I was like, wow, like where yeah. is the, we had no idea the mountains were so amazing here just, and then we went to on a eight mile hike last week and 11 miles away. We're like, holy smokes. Like this is an amazing area. Isn't um, that, that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So and it's just in our backyard. So we're kind of excited just about exploring this area. Cause we haven't spent any time here. Um, mm -hmm. so nothing big this year. I hope to actually go back and finish the Colorado trail this summer. It was mm -hmm. 2022 summer, just because I had, I was so close to finishing. I would like to finish it. Um, but no 3000 mile kind of hikes anytime soon. <laughs> That's understandable. So that you've yeah. got so much going on. Yeah. So what do you think, what would you like to um, leave hikers with any, any thoughts on, on what they should be looking for or how you can help them? 
Um, looking for in what way? That's a big question. Well, yeah, I know it is a big question. <laughs> so as far as is their prep, right? And their food prep and mm -hmm. suggestions for them starting or somebody that's actually very seasoned and how to dial in what they're doing. Um, well, yeah, those, so two different things, two different things. Um, well, one, I truly believe strongly in nutrition. It does make a huge impact. So mm -hmm. if you've dialed in your backpack, you've dialed in your gear, you've dialed in your sleep system and you're still struggling, mm -hmm. don't just suffer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Start thinking about maybe food's like the next thing to think about. Maybe if you just dial in your snacks a little bit better, then you can enjoy your trip that much more if you're not hitting the wall. Um, when I first started out, I just thought suffering was part of backpacking. <laughs> to be honest, I just thought that was part of it because no one ever said like, maybe try eating better and you'll feel better. Um, so I kind of tried to encourage people. Once you, yeah, I was just like, wow, duh. <laughs> but if you've dialed in all those other things and you're still struggling, then take a look at your food next and see if maybe that's something that could make the experience just that much better. Mm, oh, that's good. That's good. I want to thank you very much for spending some time here with us today. Oh, sure. And it's been really, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so excited. I'm going to go check out the website and the recipes as well, too. And, and so tell everybody, we're going to put your information in the show notes too, but where can people find you? So you can find me at backcountryfoodie.com is the website. Um, you can also find me on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Backcountry Foodie. And we also have the YouTube channel that's also Backcountry Foodie. That's great. And your master classes are going to are posted on your website or will so be posted to for people are, to sign up. Yep. So the master classes, there's actually a tab at the top of the website that says master classes. Um, and Perfect. I try to schedule three months out. So I think we have classes right now all the way into March scheduled. Fantastic. Fantastic. So thank you. Thank you so much for oh, being sure. Thanks here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome.